to episode four of Community Pod. I'm Sarah, as you hopefully already know, or SV, the BAMs if you got it. And with me, I have two very, very lovely ladies, two ladies I've actually known for quite a while, um, joining us on the podcast today. So as always, I'm going to let them introduce themselves. So who would like to go first? Lola, since you're the oldest. <laughs> yes, first. <laughs> Hi guys, I'm Lola B. And I'm a voiceover artist, and yeah, not much I'm meant to say. What else I'm meant to say? And our other guests? Um, I'm Jess, I'm a fashion designer and the other half of the Taboo Table podcast. Oh, yep, yeah. and we're going to get into that, because yes. Taboo Table the other half of the Taboo podcast. <laughs> so yes, you are co-host of the Taboo Table podcast, something that I desperately believe that we need as a generation we need um to talk about but we'll, we'll kind of get into that a little bit later i won't talk about it too much but i have had the pleasure of knowing uh, both lola and jessica for many many years um with some interesting stories definitely or jessica's sorry we won't get into it <laughs> that's for another episode <laughs> yeah that's a whole other episode and lola we've been like our friends, our family has been friends for, I, I can't even like remember. Yeah, family. It's just been years. years. But, yeah. you know, you so guys obviously have been friends for a long time as well. So, so yeah, it's nice that we're able to come together in this uh, forum. It's been a long time coming because I feel yeah. like we've been planning to, to do this episode for ages. Yeah, for ages and ages and ages. And honestly, yeah, I'm really, really excited for this episode as well because I think we're going to talk about health um, and again, we'll get into it, but I think it's such an important subject because, you know, whether you are listening and you're in your mid twenties, you're in your thirties or, you know, you're in your mid thirties, forties, whatever, health is always going to be something that will affect you um, and in all parts of your life. So whether it's dating, whether it is just kind of your day to day, your family, um, yeah. it's always going to have an, an impact. So I'm really, really excited to kind of get into the, 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 um, the different elements of, of what health looks like for you guys, um, you know, mm -hmm. and why you actually kind of from that wanted to start um, the tribute table. So um, before we do that, we're going to start off with the first part of the podcast. I do love this part. It's a, a fantastic icebreaker and it is called Build Your Booth. So the oh. way Build Your Booth works, do, do you guys know how Build Your Booth works? Or am I going to... I've got an idea, I've got an idea. Okay, all right. Well, I'm going to say it for those who are listening to this I in real life. I know, right? Honestly, if Build Your Booth, if I could literally just like throw it up in a, like a, on like a, a screen or something, sorry, I just got something on my lip, um, throw it up on a screen or something, can just be like, God, please, let's just... Let's let let's make this happen, and then the guys just come along. I mean, having said that, having said that, I do have the um, community podcast so um, on Instagram. So follow that if you haven't already. I'm not gonna lie, I do put the pictures right. up. So you know, build your boo can really turn into something real, just depending on what's happening. But manifest, manifest. Yeah. Quick introduction. So is it I said you have to manifest, you have to speak into existence. So yes, let's let's build a boo. Into existence. Amen, amen. Oh, wow. <laughs> the way your boo works is really, really 
simple hopefully um you have a minute and in that minute god is listening to you he's listening to you always but he's listening to you specifically to hear what you would want in your partner so whether it's looks or it's personality however you want to structure it you have one minute to talk about how you would build your boo um because lola introduced herself first Jessica, um, I'm actually going to ask Jessica to go first to do this. So I'm going to get my timer ready. Okay. okay. All right. So are right. you ready? Let's do this. Yep. Your Let, minute. Let me Jess. I'm ready. Come on, come on, come on. Your if I forget minute. anything, add, add, be adding in the stream. Be adding in the sauce for me. I know, right? Your minute starts now. Okay, tall, handsome, intelligent, attentive, good career, um, cultural, good family, strong family background, um, a good father figure. You know, I've got a child. Um, ooh. Educated. Have I said that one? Mm-hmm. Educated. Um, knows how to apologize. Um, oh. Full hairline. Um, <laughs> oh, We're well, working our way down. Um, good dress sense. Money doesn't have to be rich, but knows how to get his coins when it's like necessary. Um, gosh, God fearing. I'm sure I should have. I should have said that first. To be honest, God fearing. Ten God-fearing. seconds. Um, <laughs> respects women. Adores me. Adores me. Adores me. Adores me. Adores me. Yeah, that's I it. Get to adore me just before your time is up. Oh, and you were done. Sprinkle it on. Sprinkle on the adore me. Yes, that's Amen. how it is. Amen. You know what? Like, all of that because <laughs> Jessica, that was <laughs> so it was so concise. Like I was on point. You were that's listen, I've been building him in my head for so long. Yeah. So we're ready. Amen. Ready to receive Amen. now. Amen. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to explain So, um, you mentioned educated, and I think that's quite an interesting one, actually, because I I agree with you. I think education for me is like, and it's not where you've been educated, but actually how you learn and how you grow and how you develop. So, I think that's important. Yeah. But and this is going to sound horrible, right? But I don't know. It's kind of like. I like a guy to sound a certain way because I feel like it probably is harder for you to, for you to get through to me if you were talking and you're like, you get me brown or in it don't bam. And you, like you're kind of, you're labeling it. Like, you know what I'm saying, bro? What's your name? Yeah. My yeah. Um, so kind of how, what's your standpoint on that in terms of, you know, does the packaging have to be packaged in order for it to really kind of resonate with you in terms of what you feel so i like to look at this in the sense that there are some things that are probably non-negotiable for me yeah and somebody who comes from um a certain level of education is important because from past experience it plays such vital it it, it becomes so vital that it can make or break a relationship yeah my past experience so i've kind of just clung on to the fact that I can't date no dummy. Mm. Being educated goes as far as, you know, being able to 
word yourself properly in arguments in conversations when you're speaking to your woman when you're speaking to people outside yeah. and those things become um a bigger deal as you grow up they weren't when we were younger it didn't matter how boys were talking it just mattered how they looked and how they were presenting themselves and you know what they was going to get us but now i feel like a man's really got to come with as much action as the talk yes Do you know what i mean you can apologize one way and then there's a real apology it sounds good you know, you know that this person's good with their words. You know that they're, they're somebody who's passionate and it comes across in their language. Do you know what I mean? So for me, I've learned that, yeah, later in my life, in my dating life, like somebody who's intelligent and knows how to kind of word themselves and speak for themselves is definitely something that's important for me. Yeah, I think articulation is... is uh, Absolutely. It's not, every, not everyone can do it. And I don't even mean specifically guys. I think in general. Everyone can. In general, yeah. In general, yeah, and then you mentioned it's also I'm a luxury nowadays, right? Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, and then you also mentioned, um, you know, a good father figure because you, you have an oh, absolutely beautiful I have a son. son, I have a son, and I don't know if it was, yeah. it, would, it would have been that important. For, I mean, yes, it, it's important, but I don't think it would have been like. One of the first things I would have said, because um, <clears throat> if I didn't have a child, but now that I do and he's older and his eyes are open, it's like the moment that a guy so much has shows any interest in me, it's one of the first things that I'm looking for. I'm not looking for a replacement dad because he's got a dad, but I just need to know that you've got the capacity to be a good you know, father figure because you're going to be around him. So that, that's, that's priority for me. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, that's such a strong statement. I'm not looking for a replacement dad. It's about yeah. just being able to show a level of love, a level of just care to your child um, in the same way he would love you. It's, it's everything. It's a, it's a package deal. You know, you love, you love my child. So, no, I agree with that. Also, I'm, I'm, go on. There's a lot of guys out there that are, they, they want to be with you, they'll, they'll be pursuing you, but they're not actually understanding what it is to step into that role yeah. of somebody who's got a child. And yeah. even people that don't have children, I, I find yeah. it now, anyways. They Guys don't actually know what it is, like what they're, what they're stepping into. Like right now, this dating we're doing is dating for kids and dating for marriage. And these guys are still in the stage of dating to just waste your time and talk to you forever That's and ever and ever. I'm like, you don't, like, even if you don't have a child, like, we don't have time to waste. We That's don't it. want I it. I still need to know that, even if I didn't have a child, I still need to see that you're, you know, you, you've you got the capacity to, yeah, to have kids and to, to be a good father figure. This is it. And you, you would need to demonstrate that it's not when you become a father, you learn how to become a father. You start thinking Absolutely. about it now. You think okay. about, you know, what does that look like? And I think, you kind of you it's you've kind of said it in that you're bridging the gap if you are someone who is intelligent who is looking for growth who is able to articulate themselves these are all the things that as a as a father when you're showing love to your child you will need to like they, they need to see it because all they understand is what you're telling them they're not yeah. old enough and you know like their brain is not matured enough for them to understand anything other than what they see and if they see mm -hmm. something that is less than what they deserve they're gonna they're gonna mirror everything they see anyway absolutely yeah so no i agree i was gonna just say i was gonna touch as well the hairline is it okay let me tell you something <laughs> this is gonna sound mad but 
if I didn't already have a child with good hairline and good good hair and just glistening skin and hair, I don't know if I care that much, but you know, once you're a baby mother of one, you start to build this collection of yeah. kids. God, God willing, the next child I have will be with the love of my life, will be with my husband, will be with my favorite after. But um, I've often made the joke that, so this child is going to be gone in and the next one might be Nigeria. Then I knew you were going to say I'm just trying to make so they look as you know coordinated. Because <laughs> yes, Jess, you're gonna you're gonna end. And Alola is Nigerian. Your dreams are strong. Yeah, your dreams are strong. Your dreams are strong. You think so? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Like, just like, like, just like, 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 all right, wait, 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 we gotta do the timer because you gotta make sure you stick to the one minute rule. Okay, are you ready? Okay. All right, yes. your time. Got a timer up. Your time starts now. God fearing, handsome, tall, financially stable, emotionally intelligent, um, compassionate, kind, um, family oriented. Uh, well exposed, ambitious, um, has a good heart. I said good looking. Really? You said that one since you've, you've I don't care about size. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's good not to use it. Um, <laughs> hands up. You are alive. <laughs> you are alive. The size matters, sis. You are alive. You are alive. You are alive. <laughs> um, what else? What else? What else? What else? What else? What else? Um, ten seconds left. Yeah, good career. Good career. Um, mutual interest. Knows how to have fun. Hi. Good skin. Good skin. Ooh, yeah. that's an interesting Ooh, that's one. Good health. Good health. Good health is a good one. Good health is a good one. And good, good health, health, I mean, like, for him to know how to take care of himself. Yeah. That's what I mean by good health. Oh, groomed. Like, he needs to be groomed. Good, good skin. Groom, yeah. Experiences with, with guys with skin. He doesn't have to be camped with it. He doesn't have to be camped with the grooming. But yeah. have some sort of cleanser or moisturizer. <laughs> Don't just say that you need I mean, at your big, big age, you can go to a young Karen's or, you know, um, you know, if you're not quite thank you, super drugs exactly. Just go to have a routine for men. They do have to oh, your footballers are there doing it. You don't want to do it. Um, you mentioned yeah. one which I nice. think is quite, um, I think is very important actually. And I think a lot of people don't actually understand what it means to be emotionally intelligent. So like, what's your experience with emotionally intelligent men, kind of, so far? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Listen, yeah, it's like you could have a guy that looks perfect on paper. So, like on paper, he has a good job. He's what he works in the city. He's good looking. You know, he's got good friends and stuff. And then, conversation wise, maybe you go to them. Maybe you just had okay. It could be something as simple as having a bad day at work, and they just can't. Oh, okay. Oh, so yeah. So and then they change the subject. I'm telling you, it's like a it's. It's a mental block, and I feel like I've been through it before where a guy is perfect in every other aspect, but emotionally, he's dead. Emotionally, just missing. Would you say that's non negotiable? Emotional intelligence, oh, it's a non negotiable. It's a non negotiable to me. Unfortunately, I I was born with a health issue, so there's no way I can feel like I can be married to someone or date someone that's. Emotionally done. That would yep. just set me ablaze. <laughs> yeah. Where sure. your impact and actually just your actions on other people because yeah. you know your partner could be going through something and they're staying strong because you just decided actually yeah. to me to, to while out. Actually I I'm gonna just I'm gonna I'm gonna feel how I feel and I'm allowed to feel that. No, I understand that actually your partner's going through something as well. Yeah. And it has a huge strain on the relationship. So no, definitely. And then there was something else that you mentioned, which um, that was, I think it was like, it wasn't open-minded, but it was about being exposed. Right. Kind of, what, what does that, like, what does that mean? Yeah. To you? Similar, yeah. So, I feel like being exposed in the sense of like, um, I feel like I can date I can date a guy that lives back home. I definitely uh-huh. can, or in any country. But he, that same guy, will still have to be exposed mm. because if you're there's a difference between being back home and not being exposed, not leaving the four corners of your house, and being back home. And you can go any you travel all over. You know you understand other people's culture. You know how things are. You're not so I wouldn't say not so traditional. Let me not say traditional. So you just know not the word, but just extra. Yeah, and appreciate Extra. and that comes from being, mm-hmm. and just having like unrealistic, like ideas of marriage or unrealistic things for women to meet up to. So that comes from me. If if I hear you like your ideas of marriage and I just feel it's so unrealistic, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna assume you're not exposed. So yeah. that's probably why. So yeah, yeah. Um, and can I just add as well? I think, you know, when you're in love with someone, size doesn't matter. So, you know, oh, whether it's I'm sorry, but life, that's, whether I'm it's sorry, brain power. I'm sorry. That is a lie. That is a lie. There is no love without size. I'm sorry. That is a lie. I'm sorry. I am sorry. No, sorry. Size does matter. No, no. And size matters. Size matters because. Size matters because. Because, like, I don't know, for me, I don't want too big or too small. Just give me yeah, to maintain a pants. You don't You want it to be just fast. Be fast. <laughs> no. 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 I'm, I'm, no, sorry, I'm like, really bad. No, no, no. Sorry. Uh-uh. Just because yeah, I've been no, too too much. No. no. No, no. I don't know what you're laughing at. Too much. No, it's nice to have to. Sorry. This is another episode.
this is this is not, I know this you can give us a real she'll just tell us but thank you ladies I think the um you know your build your booze actually been really really concise and actually it's it is important to think about what you want because you might meet them and you you don't even realize that actually that's the person you have you've met the person you want and you don't realize it because you haven't understood so that you want and you know even dividing it between your like negotiables your non-negotiables it makes a world of difference mm-hmm. in terms of actually he might be flawed like everyone is like all humans are but there are things about him that i know are solid and actually everything else we're going to work with we're going to work on that right. We're gonna to build together right. you know so amazing thank you so much for, for sharing that and hopefully some people have, have uh, taken something away yeah, from, from that and for those who are listening i'm, I'm indicating hot so we're gonna go on to no, it was like, um, so we're gonna go on to um the main part of the episode and we are focusing today on health. We're focusing on, you know, health is wealth. We have, you know, health, healthy, um, healthy lives, and you know, all of that is something that. It, obviously, we, we pray for it. We want it to happen. I'm sure our parents pray for it. our parents were wanting. You know, that that was the hope for us when um, we were born. But the way things go, it's it's not always the case. So. Um, we talked earlier about t- t- uh, taboo talk. Sorry, I don't know why I forgot the name. I'm so bad. Taboo table. Taboo table. Taboo table. TBT. Taboo table. So we talked earlier, kind of mentioned taboo table. But take us through, to those who are listening, take us through what taboo table is about. Should I go, Lola? You can go, Jess. So um, it's basically going to be a sort of non-conventional show. That's the quick and easy way to say it. Um, it's a platform for us to really speak with our chest. Yeah. Um, it's a platform for us to kind of get a bit of our counselling out there to the public. And it's just a way to invite other people to kind of do the same. So the notion around the taboo table is that when we were growing up, we didn't have a safe place to kind of discuss our feelings, the things we were going through, our traumas, etc., with people that we should have had the opportunity to do, to do so with. So us starting a taboo table is really an invite for everybody else who's probably gone through something similar to our experiences, but have never been able to outwardly express themselves. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So um, it's going to be... It's, it's, it's gonna, we're going to shake some tables, basically. It's yes. going to be very, 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 very open and honest and raw. And we've, we've kind of spoke over this so many times where we've just kind of had silent prayers. Like, we don't know what this is going to do with our families, our friendships, our, our circles. But all that matters is that we're going to finally be able to talk about the things that are affecting us to this day. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, I think that, like I was saying before, I think it's something that is desperately needed because, you know, like you said, not everyone has an outlet to be able to talk about those past traumas and some that 
you know, some people, they've buried them for so long, they don't even realise they've got those traumas and they actually right. have to hear it from someone else before they realise, oh, maybe this is something I have to deal with. So right. for me, TBT is, is much needed to be able to really explore um, subjects that actually aren't also covered. Um, and, you know, I, I know kind of from right. both, a uh, part of that background is around your own kind of personal health challenges. So, um, you know, I'll kind of, I'll kind of let, let Lola go first, but kind of what, what have you kind of experienced in terms of like your health and, and just maybe talking around the subject of, of that as well? Sure. Um, so I was born with sickle cell and it's a lifelong um, blood disorder. You inherit from both parents and I was um, diagnosed from birth and yeah, it's when you, let's, let me give you this brief breakdown. It's like when the blood cells lack enough oxygen than yeah. most people. So your hemoglobin breaks down at a much faster rate than the average person. And when it does break down, instead of your blood cells being a donut shaped, your sickle cell, it's, it's a moon crescent. So when your blood vessel, when your blood cells are going through your vessels, it gets stuck because of the shape. And then that causes an extreme amount of pain. Yeah. <clears throat> and you go through um, extreme amounts of, obviously, your anemic as well, sickle cell anemia. So, you know, the fatigue you have on a daily basis, it's just, you can't even imagine it. And just to get painful crisis when you go through that, you have episodes where, and because the illness is so spontaneous, it's, you can't really prepare for it, should I say. So it does have a great effect on your in terms of what you can do and cannot do yeah and and you know how have you found talking to i mean your family obviously have been there your whole life so you know there's i guess there's an element of, of talking to them about right. that they've been aware of it but then also i guess your friends because you are still in your early 30s you're still very much young still very very vivacious yeah. um and you're you know you're wanting to do what other well not even necessarily want to do what others are doing because I know you look like you you like your own lane. You like your lane but um <laughs> you are wanting to you know get as much experience as life is willing to give you. Um right. and obviously if you can share that with your friends then you you're able to do that. But I mean how do you find it kind of having those discussions with them around your your health around sickle cell? Um, <clears throat> I'll say I really didn't have those kind of discussions growing up and part of that is what prompted me to want to, part of that is what prompted TTT to be table because I feel like I didn't really have the space or feel confident probably till my late, when much too late for me I still feel, mm. to actually be comfortable enough to speak about it with my friends and be like this is what I'm going, this is what I'm going through. You know many times I'll be admitted and my friends don't know they will be like, I've been calling you every day. And I'm like, oh, sorry, I was in the hospital. And they're like, what do you mean? Why do you call me? But, you know, because it's so fast sometimes, it's so quick. Um, it's, but, I mean, some friends have been quite, you know, quite encouraging and helpful in the sense that, you know, tell me what is it I can do or what, what is this? I've never heard of it. And then that's when I started, you know, from them asking me questions is when I actually started feeling comfortable enough to be like, okay, they want to know, and 
encourage me to feel comfortable to talk about it with more friends and family. Yeah. So, and I think, you know, the fact that you kind of highlighted that, I think there probably are a lot more people who they're still in that stage where they're not able to talk to to their friends and family. 100%. It is important to, to be 100%. a source of encouragement to them because this is real uh, and it's not going to stop. Like you said, it's, it's a lot of ignorance around it. So a lot of people in their own homes, they're not even having that conversation that they need to be having. Yeah. Yeah. Can't even have it. Well, they encourage themselves to have it outside of their homes, mm-hmm. you know, so... No, I agree. Uh, and, and Jess, it's kind of, it's, you know, you also it's, have a health challenge. In so her- for me, it, it, it's, I do have a health challenge, but it's a bit different because um, with, with me, it sort of came on later on in my 20s. So I was diagnosed maybe three, almost three years ago this year. So when Lola's had to deal with this her whole life, I kind of walked into this in my late 20s. And I guess you can say my experience has been a bit different because I kind of woke up one day and I was unwell. And then I just didn't understand why. I I had no clue what this thing was and I didn't know anybody else who had it. I was suffering on my own at home. And actually, funny enough, Lola was the first person who gave me the most basic bit of advice that kind of saved my life in a way. Mm. Um, and it was just a bit of advice she gave me we was you know getting ready for a friend's wedding and she kind of just threw a statement out then I was just like actually let me look into this kind of thing and that's really how my journey into discovering what this illness was about and what this condition was doing to me and how I need to kind of take control of it for myself um so I've got rheumatoid arthritis and it's basically just inflammation um in your joints and um it's again it's chronic so it's all your life um it's it's just a lot of pain a lot of the time actually all the time it's it's a lot of pain and um it can be really really bad like thankfully it's not as i with the other people that i've met it's not as bad for me um i always say that now i feel sorry for myself because it's it's really bad for me but i guess it could be worse is what i'm saying yeah um so for me when it came to kind of starting this show I was kind of crying internally, like I was going through something. I just kept thinking, well, like there is nothing about black girls, black people with this condition. Like I don't understand where I'm supposed to go and see people and know people that have what I have and how I'm supposed to talk to them. My family have no, even trying to speak to my mom in my language and explain to her what this is. It was just very, very like, just take it out of your head. Um, Don't even take the medicine they're giving you. And I'm thinking, excuse me. Yeah, I, I can't even, I can't even simple, simple pick up my child. Like I can't lift up my child because my body's in so much agony. And I just, I, I was getting so frustrated. And um, one of the turning points for me was when I finally put it out there on social media about the pain I was going through. And the majority of people didn't know what it was. It was just like, oh, I'm so sorry. I wasn't looking for sympathy, but it was just yeah. kind of like, who else am I going to talk to? Let me just put it out there. And then. Scary and funnily enough, two people that I speak to on a daily basis that I've known for a couple of years was like, oh my God, girl, you've got that too. And I was just like, wow. what do you mean I've got, what, so you have, why are you not yeah. talking about me? Yeah. Why are you not saying anything? Yeah. 
Like, how are you just living? So I was, I, I, be, I became the person that was bugging them. What have you been doing? They've had it longer than I have. But sis, share the knowledge. Yeah. Help me out because I'm suffering. Yeah. I've got a child. I've got no one to, to look to. Yeah. When you go to these um, hospitals, it's, sorry, or you brought white people, like older, older, like men that's got like other types of arthritis. I don't see anybody in my shoe, my skin, in my in my complexion, mm. in my colour in there. So it was it was yeah. very it was very hard for me to begin with. And I just thought this is not gonna run. If I'm going through something, um I need to be able to have a look at what's out there. And if I can do something to give people a bit of knowledge, it makes my life easier. I don't have to keep like explaining this condition to every single person that I meet. I need to just put it out there. And then I can just point you to that direction. You want to know about what I'm going through? Go here. You want to see what I'm going through? Look at this kind of thing. So it was all that that kind of brought this brainstorm of the um, taboo table. Because I do think, amongst other things, these things are happening to um, people within our very culture and our very... Um, yeah. yeah. There's yeah. so many more you people. Talk about it. Trust me. And like, you probably know... The, the you know the other three people on your left there's going to be one of those that's got a chronic illness that can't talk about it because again yeah. nobody wants to open their mouth and say I have a disease yeah and, and the amount of people with pre-existing health conditions it's not even a disease like the amount of people with pre-existing health conditions that you find out during this whole COVID time you realize that no one talks about health it's yeah like this yeah on this like taboo that's the main thing in your life that matters because without your help, what really can you do? Right. Nothing. And I think, and I, I, think, I, think I think it's just about time that we had a very healthy, no pun intended, healthy space. conversation, a healthy space about just being open about these illnesses and not fearing them. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. before, before yeah. me and Lola even sat down, like the moment I decided that, you know, I'm gonna work with her. Like, I had to look into what she goes through. I I need to know what's gonna be triggering her. I need to know what's gonna break her down one day. I need to know what what's her highs and how I can help her. I started looking into it, and I would be sending her things like, "Oh my God, girl, is this what you're going through? What the heck?" Kind of thing. And I'm just thinking, sorry, yeah. Your friends before this, like, did they know you were dealing with this? And she'd be like, "Yep, yep." But she says it very nonchalantly because she's been living with it all her life. Yeah. Whereas I'm free and down, so everything's just freaking me out still. So I think it's 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 just something that's very needed and it's not out there. It wasn't out there when I needed it. Lola's had this since, you know, birth and she's, she's only really from, from the little that I know, she's only really now being able to kind of express herself and get into help groups and things like that. And I think it's, if it's not out there and it, you know, if we can't find it, like we should be doing it ourselves. We should be providing that information and that safe space for people um, to get some knowledge. Yeah. And I, I agree with everything you said. I think, I actually went to so one of my friends. Um, she found out about I think it's called TSS. The sick, I can't remember the exact full name. I just know the acronym. The sounds of sickle cell. Yeah, the sounds of sickle cell exactly. And I'd never like I knew about sickle cell. I, I know I have you know friends and family who have sickle cell, but I never really thought about it because again, it's such a taboo subject. You know, you mentioned the fact about when you get, especially from a kind of largely African. Uh, background when you talk about things that are taboo or you know not necessarily seen as good pray away that that's that's mm-hmm. the mentality pray, pray away. away it's gonna go you know write a book on stupid on stupid questions <laughs> I've been asked. 
I feel like I could, if I could, if I got paid a pound for every single person, I'll be rich. You know the amount of people that feel like, like, do you pray? Because if you pray, if you're a believer, you know, you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't have this. And I look at them like, are you okay? The thing is, faith without works is dead. Because no one's saying that faith, we don't have faith that will work. heal you. Yeah. But and you need to live. You need to right. be okay. You need to live. Right. You need to right. You need to. You need to be smart. I think it's it's quite scary that we are as young as we are trying to live our best lives and then all of a sudden we've got to deal with this this thing that's basically our life you know Mm -hmm. I don't like to claim the illness I don't like to say that this is me but whether I like it or not it's a part of me and you know until science or God says right now there is no cure so it's almost like I can't get to life without letting you know what I'm dealing with this is me, it's part and parcel, just like my child is, yeah. you know, this is part and parcel, so it's, it's us being this young, we, we just have a great opportunity to really educate people and to open up these conversations, and um, others can, can not be ashamed, yeah. Yeah. Um, they, you know, they and can so, their own families so that they can feel like they've got some level of control over this, this thing that otherwise is uncontrollable. Yeah, no, and, and, you know, something you said around kind of the knowledge that's out there, so, I'm sure you guys have seen it recently. They've talked a lot about the the expected the ex- expected pain threshold of Black women in particular within um, hospitals, and essentially, kind of, essentially, withdraw- you know, even during now during COVID, withdrawing their their medication, withdrawing their treatment, withdrawing essentially the help that they need because the assumption is that oh, they can deal with it. Or, quite sadly, they're like, well, it, they don't matter, you know we are seen at there's there is a parity between us and other other um you know not even ethnicities other races Um, so having an awareness having a network having people who you can speak to and just you know on on twitter the, the other day and this honestly broke my heart there was a thread from i think it was a i want to say i think it was zimbabwean um, and she was saying, you know, this is for my fellow Zimbabweans. This is a, a thread on the questions you need to ask. If you have a, um, a family member who's yeah. experiencing COVID-19 and yeah. um, you essentially have minimal contact with them and they, um, and you can ask the, the physician these questions to ensure that your, um, your family member, or whoever is kind of you're, you're dealing with, is getting the best care. You know, we have to get to a point where we have to specialise those questions because we don't trust the people who we are using taxes that are meant to look after us. So, right. you know, we need that network. We need to talk about this because I'm sure right. it's not just COVID-19. I'm sure this is going on yeah. for years. It's just been exposed now. Sorry, Lady, you're going to say something. It has been exposed. That's what it is. You're right. It is being exposed now. This has been, like, happening for, like, a while even just things in, that you hear in America, that a lot of people that are dying, and like, look at what Beyonce said, 57% of people in Houston, or casualties from COVID is black people. Mm. COVID is affecting every race, so why are black people dying? It just shows the care, you know? Yeah. It's the care we have access to sometimes, and, you know, we have an illness that affects predominantly black people. It's just, you, know, you hear a lot of experiences, you hear a lot of people's experiences, and it's the same across the board yeah 
Um, so another question that I have to ask for both of you, because, um, you know, these, these are illnesses that you don't necessarily, they're not on the surface. So where you might have people who kind of maybe are disabled and they're in a wheelchair or maybe they're using a crutch, like these are things that you don't necessarily see on the surface. Um, and then kind of focusing on in particular your potential partners, you know, how has that experience been? And I guess you come from two very different viewpoints because for you, Lolo, it's about, um, you know, sickle cell, obviously as a, a disease, if you have, if you're with someone genotype, with yeah. carrier, you know, the genotype, it, it, there is that potential to potentially pass that on to your child. Um, and obviously for you, Jess, it's yeah. about the fact that this is something that you are still dealing with because it's just come come about mm. in more recent years but obviously it has yeah. a huge impact on your life so yeah. you know, how have you guys found those conversations if you've had them um you want to go Jess no you, you go. guys I think yours is probably a lot more technical um, and I so think I feel like those conversations I feel you have to have it for me I feel like now I have it immediately but growing up, it wasn't something, like I said, I wasn't comfortable. <laughs> I didn't grow up in an environment that I could really talk about those kind of things openly, my health openly. So it wasn't something I really spoke about. And yeah, I was like, I will never have a child with sickle cell because I know what it takes to have this illness. So genotype is always, I'm always going to ask, so can, I, can you get your blood done? So before, I was in a relationship for like long term, years, before I even thought, crossed my mind to be like, what's your genotype? And when he was like, oh yes, I was like, well, we're never really, you know, going to be together because this is the situation. And that taught me a lesson. Like, why did I wait all that long? This is something I could have avoided in the beginning. So now with dating, like, I've been on one date before and the date was going so well. And I was just like, what's your blood type? What's your blood type, boom? Yeah, okay, so, hi, I'm Lola. What's your blood type? <laughs> I mean, I appreciate the directness you need. It has to be like that. <laughs> but, and I think, you know, yeah. I guess the other question for you, Lola, is in terms of, like, where you have, might you know, potentially been dating someone and then you've kind of gone into, yeah. maybe you've had a crisis or you've just kind of had, you know, there's been some, there's been essentially a challenge. Um, you know, having that discussion, yeah. is it something that you talk about relatively early, kind of in the same way you would ask about the genotype or is it, you know, something that you kind of... Yeah, I let it, um, I mean, if they don't know, I try and see how much they already know about And if they completely know anything you know it, i have to kind of break them into it because for me if you don't know anything about it watching me in a crisis can be quite scary for you yeah and then that makes me uncomfortable and it just you know right. messes up the whole situation yeah. so i try and have that discussion from early and just saying the main part the main symptoms if it's okay so what you go for like the main symptoms of this is pain and sometimes I have these episodes, you know, if I'm too cold, I'm dehydrated, I'm going to have these episodes. 
And yeah, it's just kind of just letting them know, having when you're comfortable. I feel like there's no right time to have that conversation because honestly, it's very easy for me to sign and be like, well, on my first day, I do this. But I haven't always been like that. It hasn't always been that easy for me to be like, this is the situation. Sometimes you're just like, how am I even? Where do I start? How do I even? It's not every guy that you want to meet and then just, you know, want to give that part of yourself to. Yeah. You kind of, it's almost like, are they deserving of that, you know, that very intimate part of your life? And, you you, you know, you find out if a guy's even worth you sharing that with. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think you know there are there are guys who it's quite sad because they they almost use it like a weapon. You know, they use it. I've heard you know, sadly heard stories where guys have kind of said, "Oh, you're not going to get anyone anyway because you're you're going through this or you're dealing with that." And it's like this is the same guy that was declaring his love, or this is the same guy that was saying, "I'm going to take care of you, my baby. I've loved you from jump." You know. Mm. Um, so yeah. it, it is very much around actually who do I want to let into my life such a yeah. intimate part of my life I like to hear that no I agree I, I tend to to slowly deliver the information if the person shows interest so the guy that I'm kind of talking to right now he asked a really important yeah. question when I told him no actually he went on my Instagram and he read my hashtag and it, it said bad B with the bad D and he was like oh what does this mean kind of thing and I was like I've got a bad knee and he was like can't you read I got a bad but he was like oh and I was like, no, LOL, I've got bad knee. And he was like, okay, from an injury. And I was, I was like, no, I've got arthritis. And when you say arthritis, I know a lot of people go straight to the obvious one, which is osteoarthritis, which is, you know, painful bones as you get older, etc. And then he kind of was just pressing gently, though. But he was just like, oh, like, what kind of arthritis is it? So I was just like, oh, so, you know, there's differences. So I was like, okay, it's this type. And then he was like, well, how does that affect your day-to-day? And yeah. That kind of took me by surprise because nobody's ever asked me that question. Not family, not friends, nobody. Nobody's ever asked me. So with this condition, like, how do you cope kind of thing? And I just said, mainly joint pain. And he was like, okay, so let me know if it ever gets that bad when, when I'm around you. And I was just like, okay. And I feel like that made me a lot more comfortable than having to sit someone down and be like, okay, look, Sorry. this is what happens when, you know, kind of thing. I think it's not more... <laughs> it's a lot more yeah. easier to divulge information when the person comes with a bit of knowledge of you know themselves if, if you if I tell you that this is what's going on I'd appreciate if you kind of went away yeah. did your research and then came back to ask informative questions so that we can have like an actual conversation I don't want to sit you down and act like a teacher and just be like yeah. oh by the way this is what happens to my immune system and da, 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 da. I don't want to be that um, but I feel like the person that likes you will actually take the time to investigate and you know, yeah, they um, will. They will. Yeah. They will ask the right questions. They will ask the right. You know, they will be hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think I agree with both of you. It is about, and it goes back to the point you guys were making around emotional intelligence and, and it being a non-negotiable because it is that awareness of actually this Absolutely. is. Like, I need to know about this, and I think 
genuinely it's people that want they want to know they're interested in you as a person and they want right. to understand it that will ask those questions because right. you know, otherwise it's not oh she looks she's a baddie she looks good but you're going through something they, they can't try to provide support they can't do think that you know really mm-hmm. um is tangible um Jessica, I'm just going to say side note as well. I'm loving the fact that you're speaking to someone with sense because I have seen <laughs> your inch messages. And whilst he's I'm on pause. <laughs> That's the last nice thing I'm going to say about him. He's on pause. Good night, Nick. Okay. Really? I mean, it's not a nice thing. Oh, man. You what? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a lot out here, man. I just want to add that um, just want to just piggyback on what Lola was saying about kind of initially find it difficult to tell people um, because especially when it was so new to me and I was in like the worst stage for me it was very very hard to just kind of tell somebody by the way if you if you just kind of grab me like this I'm gonna scream because it was just that bad but now I just feel like I can't even risk somebody hurting me. Like I need to just let you know, like if we're dating, because there are some people out there who, and I don't hold that. I don't even hold them to a fault. When I say there's some people out there that just don't want to be with people that have got health issues and that's their own prerogative. Like I'm not going to hate somebody because they want to be with somebody that's well. It, that's it's their not, ministry. That's, that's, do you understand? Yeah. It's not, it's not nice yeah. as a sick person, but I can't ever say, oh, well, you need to not be like that. You know, everyone has their kind of yeah. choice. So yeah. now I kind of just need to let you know. And if that's that's not going to work for you, you need to just be out. I don't ever want to waste my time being a yeah. sick person. No, no, no need alien. Like, right. the time wastage. Right, 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 right. You know, um, it's either you're going to work with me or you're going to be a unit, like, and we're going to do this thing or you, you just can't come and stress me more than I already am. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think the conversation yeah. better early than late for me now. And I think and it's good to be open because it's not just, um, <clears throat> even having this has made me think of other questions to ask. Like they might have health conditions, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of like um, illnesses that are hereditary. So, you know, diabetes mm. comes down, high blood pressure comes down, you know. So things like that is good to know as well because these are all things, these are all conversations I feel you should have during the dating phase. And, you know, and so, you know, I can't think of the last time that I've really had to, or I've not had to. You actually know, yes, I've really had to actually have a conversation about, you know, do you have any hereditary illnesses? Do you have sickle cell? Yeah. Do you have... And, again it's because it's so it's seen as taboo it's seen as yeah you know things that we can't talk about it's yeah you know even if we if we go into things like um stis because with stis you don't even need to you don't even need to sleep with anyone to get an sti if you kiss someone that has a wart and they don't tell you right you could essentially catch it and that's even even that People are still not having that conversation. Even people are still not even having that conversation. Like conversations over simple things like that. People not doing that before we actually engage in that. Do you know what I mean? So let alone lifelong conditions, let alone things that people have 
zero clue about. Yeah, it's it's so important to be open, and it's so important to, you know, the the question I was going to ask you, kind of along the same line, is if if I you know if I was a listener who was listening right now, um, and maybe this was something that I was you know dealing with, or, or if anyone's listening right now, this is something that they're dealing with. What you know, what would you say to them to kind of process it? Because it's a lot of it can be in theory and practice where in theory it's like, oh, you know, they've grown up and they've learned how to get to that where, you know, in practice, actually, it's a few steps that you can take. So, I mean, what, what would you say that can, can really help with, with that, um, those conversations? I think, I think for me, um, people like Lola, even though she, like I said, that time, she probably forgotten about when she said it's me. She said something very simple, like, don't take what the doctors give you. Like, don't just take it. Like, challenge them. Mm-hmm. And I, in my head, it just, it sounds really simple. But in my head, I was just like, really? Like, I can challenge a doctor? Like, they're the experts, right? They, they know all about the illness. But then she went on to further tell me, like, months, months, months down the line that, but they know about the illness, but you have the illness. Do you know what I mean? Like, the doctor doesn't have the condition. No. So I had to do a lot of research myself. Like I go there to kind of just get the foundation. I write down what they're telling me. I listen, I take the medication, but I really had to go away and start researching. You know, I had to, I had to look at what the condition looks like on somebody like me, on a mother, on a black, you know, female, on a 30 you know, year old and, and somebody with my lifestyle, somebody that's trying to still live their life and go out and have friends. I needed to really, really, really zone in and, you know, do my own research as opposed to just kind of just taking part and parcel of what, you know, the hospital and NHS and doctors were just yeah. shove onto you. Because when I was doing that is when I was the sickest. I went into that hospital with a condition and when I started taking the medication, my health declined so badly, so, so badly. And it was only once I started to really gauge into my own um, research that I started to pick up and I started to really understand my own body and how it was affecting me and how I would heal from everything that they had already, you know, done to me. Because the illness is one part, the medication is another. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, the hospital care, the NHS, the medication becomes a whole nother issue that you deal with when you have an illness. So yeah. I would say anybody that's either newly found out that they're sick or anybody that's sort of, is going through this or or know somebody that's going through this and they're not really coping that well like I thought I would never get to the stage where I can lift up my son again because it got to a point where it was that bad mm. uh, but I would just say you need to sit down and understand yeah. your own body nobody can tell you about what you're feeling inside your body because before I was diagnosed I was told I was making it up yeah. I was told it was from the sewing machines I was using I was told I was tired I was told I was stressed like so many things were happening to me that they were telling me, oh, this is going to be permanent. Like my, things that were happening to me physically before this this um <clears throat> this illness manifested itself, there were things that were happening, and they were just explaining them away. And I would just go away and be like, okay, yeah, they're right, they're the doctors. But you need it's so important to do yeah. your own research. It's so important to talk to people that look like you, sound like you, walk like you, to really understand what this what your condition could do to you and for you and for your life, basically. Yeah. Very, very wise words. And, and you, the best thing to do when you have stuff like this, I feel sometimes it's important to build your own tribe, like Jess said. And building your own tribe is like people that have it. You know, like you mentioned the sounds of sickle cell group. I'm, like I said, I'm in my 30s and I 
this is the first time in my life that I've been surrounded in almost, almost a group of 85 people, civil sound. You know, so just creating a support system and a support system that works, that gives you the feeling that you can be understood. And like just said, you are your own expert. Yes, doctors are experts, but you know your body. Um, pay attention to your body. If you don't know your body, start paying attention to it. Start trying to understand it. You tell you have to tell a health professional what's wrong with you. Right. So you are your best doctor. You are your first doctor before you meet with a doctor. So it's just being vocal about it and being vocal about it comes with research. Research then comes with acceptance. Yeah. And then from there you're able to just evolve and be able to communicate with other people how you're feeling, be able to because if you don't know what you have, you're not even able to communicate your needs. Yeah. Research and acceptance helps you communicate your needs and tell people what you need. And yeah, be around your tribe of people when you're feeling. Sometimes, yeah, friends are good. And, you know, you, know, you have amazing friends. Sometimes I have amazing family support. But it's just no one understands it like someone and needed. Yeah. The first years of my research, I was surrounding myself with someone that had it and that could any questions I had, I could call at any time of the night to just be like, does this happen to you when you did this, this, this? And right. slowly but surely, you, you, you just get comfortable. Yeah, no, absolutely. Some really, really wise words, which hopefully help someone else who might potentially be dealing with something that's a lifelong illness. Right. You know, even if it's something that seems short term, but is still very debilitating, they're able to really kind of seek, like you said, find, like you, you are, people might be going through the same illness, but everybody is different. And it is about being vocal about it, but also doing your research. And then that you said, finding your tribe. I think those are really, really key points that you've made in terms of, you know, how do you, how do you tackle this? How do you live with it? How do you, you know, it's, it's not all of you, but it's a part of you, like you said. Um, so you've got to kind of, I guess, accept that and, and find a way to really work. Navigate, navigate it all, yeah. Navigate it. Um, so kind of the final question I have for, for this kind of main part of the episode is just going back to Taboo Table, TBT. Um, what would you say you want to come out of that in terms of, I don't want to say an action point, but just in terms of that general feel you you want from from people that that will listen to it because i'm sure you know off the back of this conversation i'm sure many other conversations that you will continue to have people will tune in um yeah. and they will feel like they have a safe space so so you know what what do you want to what do you want to achieve to that with with that sorry i'll let you go lola <laughs> i feel like um i want to make sure that when people watch us talking about our own personal taboos, that it encourages conversations in their own house. Yeah. You know, it makes like, it just, it, it doesn't need to be a public space. Just even if it's something as small as being able to encourage a conversation with your family, why does this, this, it doesn't even need to, it doesn't have to do anything to do with health. Just encourage unconven- un unconventional topics, uncomfortable conversations and be able to be like, I want to have a conversation about it. And just a space where they feel like they can relate because there's so many this, people dealing with shit, basically. 
Yeah. Yeah. And it, it has a, it takes a mental toll on you. You know, there's so many unseen. Yeah. That it has. Um, I think um, a good point also is that we all know now that we're all like, you know, in our thirties, we all know that a lot of the things that we're dealing with all kind of, you know, originate from childhood trauma and us not being able to actively comfortably express ourselves and to speak to somebody and you know, have these conversations that could have just stopped at conversations as opposed to being long-term traumatic events. Yeah. Um, I feel like a lot of the stuff that I personally went through could have just stopped at a conversation. It could have been so useful to have someone to speak to and just have that dialogue um, and have some, some level of understanding at a younger age. And it's like now we're kind of reparenting ourselves. We're kind of, you know, trying to um, heal from things that could have you know, stopped when we were younger. So it's more about just allowing people and giving people the opportunity to kind of just do that on their own. Find, find the comfort to do that mm. within, like Lola says, in, in their family unit or in their friendship you know, groups and whatever, just so that they don't end up dragging it behind them in their adult life. Because there are so many emotionally crippled adults right now who are all trying to heal. And it's no coincidence that we're here and we've all got some type of issue that we just didn't deal with when we were younger. Yeah. Whether, it's, whether it's family, whether it's abuse, whether it's hardship, poverty, whatever, you know, generational curse we didn't deal with or couldn't deal with or just didn't have the space to deal with. We're kind of just encouraging people like, let's put a stop to this now. Let's start having these conversations. Um, so we're not passing this yeah. on to our kids. You can't stop anything. You can't stop anything without a conversation. Sorry. Right. I just add into what Tress was saying, like you can't put anything without a conversation, whether in your household or outside or in a work environment. So just, you know, I feel like just encouraging that conversation within our black community, I feel like it's needed. Definitely, especially within the black community. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, thank you. Thank you again so much because I, I feel like I've learned a lot and it's really made me question how I approach things because I won't lie, it's, it's scary. For me, it's scary to have those conversations with someone. You mm. always feel like, oh, am I going to scare him off? But mm. being decisive, I think definitely, mm. and I kind of talked about it a little earlier, but it kind of in, in the season two, but being decisive just changes your life because actually there are things that you have to talk about. Whether it's now, whether it's later, you have to talk about yeah. the thing that, you, you know, to echo both your points, when you speak about it now, you at least are saving yourself from further trauma. Absolutely. And, you know, I think that's, that's for me, that's one of the, the key things I've taken away in terms of health. Because health is, you can't buy health. We've seen it now as we're COVID. Mm-hmm. Even yeah. just people, if you die, you die. You can't, you can't buy it. So we need to start talking about it a lot more. We need to, we need to remove the stigma of people being ashamed to talk about it also. Afraid. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah, they don't hear conversations about it. Yeah, I agree. Thank you, ladies. So, Thank you. We're going to go on to the final part of today's episode. I can't believe we're here. I never can believe when we're, we're here because I just ended up having a man. Oh, wow, actually, it's kind of flow by. Yeah, it is. I said, no, it went by so fast. I didn't even look at the time once. It went, it went by fast. I'm glad. I'm glad that you guys got to kind of be very open and I'm, I'm you know, very happy as well. 
um, that you kind of felt like you could have that this conversation um, on Community Pod. Um, but yeah, going into the final part of the podcast, um, this is why I completely hand it over to you both. And I love this part because it's, it's advice. What advice would you give to people listening today? And this doesn't have to necessarily be about health. It can be about anything. So anything that maybe you've learned, anything you've observed, you've seen, that you think actually people really need to start thinking about this and, and you know, they need to address it or there needs to be something that needs to be done. But any advice that you would give to the listeners of Community Pod in this episode? I'm going to start with... Um, I'm going to start with Jess, actually. I'm going to start with you first. <laughs> I was just trying to think about all the things that we can... I was just trying to think. That's a hard one when you make it so broad. Um, advice, gosh. Okay, so yeah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go with my mantra because I feel like it's all I can do. So, as a female, get your own, have your own, do your own before somebody enters your life. That's as much as I can say. Do it before you have a kid. Do it before you have a husband. Do it before you have neighbors. Like, get as much yes. of the work and the life and the experience and the love that you can for yourself before anybody enters your life like give it all to yourself give everything that you pray for work for bless others with give it to yourself before somebody else enters your life a word yeah. <laughs> and switch yeah, yeah. yes <laughs> 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 what advice would you give okay. What advice? Um, catch flight, not feelings. No, I'm joking. But, um, <laughs> I don't know. I'll just say... It's, it's a word. It's a word. It's a word. So, but yeah, just... Um, I don't know. Just try and, try and come to a point. Whatever you're dealing with, just try and speak up. Do you understand? I feel like things don't get... A lot of people don't understand that. A lot of things don't get solved from you know staying quiet just try and find your confidence to speak about it and yeah do you yeah live your life yes honey live your best happy your best peaceful unproblematic life life. (laughs) you said the key word there unproblematic 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 life i'm telling you um Okay, so thank you. Honestly, thank you so much. This has been such a, a special episode for me. For thank, sure. you. thank you for having us. Of course, of course. Um, so before we go, yeah, please do share your socials. I'm, I'm sure loads of people want to hear about when TBT will be out. Um, and just kind of your own personal socials, I guess. So please share kind of what you're comfortable sharing in terms of where people can find you. Um, so we are on me. Oh, go Lola, go. We are on. No, 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 you go, you go, you go. So we are on Instagram at the Taboo Table, um, on Twitter at the Taboo Table Pod, and where else are we? Are we on Facebook, Lola? I'm sure we're on Facebook now. Facebook, the Taboo Table. Yeah, on Facebook as well, the Taboo Table. Um, and yeah. our personal socials, I'm Lola B with and the L O W. Say that again. Say that again. L O W. 
M-A-H-B. And my personal social is um, at king.bar. And that's not bar like the chocolate bar. It's B-A-A-H. Don't get it twisted. King.bar. So if I say anything that you're offended by, hit me up on that one because I'll get right back at you. With the that's where you can find me. Guys, you as always, you can find me on Community Depod, um, on Instagram, um, on Twitter, I'm on Life uh, Without Spanx or Life W O Spanx, uh, which is uh, Spanx is spelled S P A N X S. And you can also drop us an email of any, or drop me an email of any feedback you may have at communitydpod at gmail.com or you can uh, enter your feedback or any questions or dilemmas you may have anonymously via Curious Cat. So that's the end of another episode, another episode done. Um, you guys Congratulations on get coming back in 2020. 2020 was going to stop you this year so congratulations man thank you, thank you. it's good to, to have that continuity congratulations yeah. and I'm, I'm so yes. looking forward to and you it. have to come on us yes have to come on our show i'm so looking forward to it i'm literally <laughs> going to make sure that when the, the episodes start coming out i'll be blasting it you'll just be seeing it on my screen everywhere so, <laughs> so really looking forward thank to that. appreciate it appreciate it well thank you very much guys for joining us and hopefully you'll see us all speak to us soon Bye.